thoughts that I'd like to share with you today. Ah. As I was just sort of uh, praying and saying, Lord, what are you doing today? I, I still feel like this is like a, a, such a significant time for us uh, in terms of moving forward, things changing, shifting all of this stuff, and we just need to kind of keep our ears to the ground. It's absolutely wonderful how there was al- there's always like an amazing thread of things that go through when we gather together on a Sunday morning. If ever there was a, um, you know, a, a, a reason for saying, let's continue to gather together, it's so that, that in that coming together, we can get the the encouragement of just saying, "Yeah, actually, we are hearing God. This is all right. This is this is okay." Um, of getting that flow. I woke up this morning uh, just thinking about wells and thinking about wells being unblocked and released. Um, this is partly because we're thinking about words for this evening, aren't we? Um, about coming with our words, and the idea was. Um, I mean, Bryony shared a few thoughts with us a little while back um, about how the Ark of the Covenant and the Ark of the Testimony were the same thing. And to God, his promise and his testimony are the same thing. It's kind of as if it's happened. As soon as he gives his word, it is as good as it's as it happening. And therefore, that type of praise that we were talking about, that go hot dog for Jesus, you can begin to praise him and release thanksgiving over his promises as if they have happened. It becomes the assurance because the covenant, the promise and the testimony are the same thing. In God's, in God's world, he's outside of time. So as soon as he speaks the word and says, this is my promise to you, it's as good as in the bank. Okay, there may be a bit of stepping into it in order to realise it, but in God's world, it's a done deal, and therefore you can thank Him for it. So that's the idea of tonight. Um, we are currently in that season that Israel would talk, call the Feast of Tabernacles. Okay, so it's, it was a week in which they celebrated and remembered all the good things that God had done when they were in the wilderness, and they go and live in their little shelters and eat their meals there and drink a glass of wine and just talk over the good stuff that God had been had done for them. Uh, but there was very much a looking forward to what he was going to do. It's like, yeah, he did all of that, but we're, we're stepping on into this, into all of this goodness now. And, and what happens the day after the Feast of Tabernacles is they had this time where they would take the word of God, the Torah, which was all of God's promises and of his faithfulness and his goodness, and they would parade it around and they would say, yay, God, you're good, all of, these, all of this good stuff you've promised us. And so we feel there's a lot of promises that he's given to us personally, to us as families, to us as a congregation, to us as an area, to us as a nation. And it would be a good time to just come and give thanksgiving to God as if it has already happened. And so, I, it, you know, in all of these things, if you've got a word that you feel God's spoken over your life and you haven't stepped into it yet, grab hold of it. Grab hold of it and just come tonight with a thought. No, just 
I've been told to add this in. No one is going to make you do anything, okay? You don't have to get up here and do stuff and read things out and all of that. It's, not, it's none of that. It's a corporate act together. We are bringing our promises of God together and we're going to joyfully give thanksgiving for them. So, in the context of that, I was thinking about wells because one of the promises over, over us and an area and me as a person and us as a family and us as a church is that there is this healing well in the land, right? And I had, um, I've had the, the joy and the privilege to go and spend a few days with Roy Godwin this week up at Falder Brennan um, under the guise of trying to sort out his computing um, facilities, but not much of that got done because we spent such a long time talking things through, praying together. Um, I, I got to stay at Felderbrennan this time and it's the most amazing place. But I, I realised as I got up there and, and we're pushing in to see this kind of well unblocked and see it flowing and see it really just kind of really blessing the area that these guys had a similar well, and theirs is going. Theirs is going strong. And I just wanted to tell you a few stories from there, because seriously, if you ever just sit down for five minutes and talk to Roy, you will get at least 15 just outstanding miracles, you know, that you think, no way. Well, all I can say is, Yahweh. So, um... I was reading this scripture this morning in Genesis 26 and about Isaac redigging the wells, okay? So I thought it'd be good just to read a bit of scripture and just to set this out because that's where the Lord's got us at the moment. This is, this is what's going on. So Genesis 26, the whole thing begins off saying, in that time, a severe famine came upon the land, okay? So they're in the context of just a lot of difficulty, a lot of trouble, a lot of um, need, uh, a lot of pain probably. That's what happens in severe famines. That's, the, that's what is manifested generally at that time. But God came and appeared to Isaac and says, don't worry about it. Come and settle down with the Philistines here because I'm going to bless you and you're going to be okay. Okay, so... And it says, indeed, in that year, Isaac planted his seed, and in the same year, he reaped a hundredfold what he had sown. And so, that's pretty good going for a famine, and that's all good. So much so, he became very successful that uh, Abimelech, who was the king or the ruler at that time, came and spoke to Isaac and said, okay, enough is enough, this is unfair, you're doing so well and we're not, it's time for you to move on, you're becoming too strong for us. Uh, the Philistines were getting a bit jealous uh, from uh, Isaac's success. And so he finally uh, ordered Isaac to leave the country. Go somewhere else, he said, because you've become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away to Gerar Valley, where, he set up, where they set up their tents and settled down. And it says he reopened the wells that his father had dug, which the Philistines had filled in after Abraham's death. And Isaac also restored the names that Abraham had given to them. Isaac's servants also dug in the Gerar Valley and discovered a well of fresh water. But then the shepherds from Gerar came and claimed, this spring is our water, they said, and they argued with Isaac's herdsmen. And so Isaac named that well Ezek, which means argument. And Isaac's men then dug another well. But then again, there was a dispute over it. So Isaac named 
the well Sitna, which means hostility. Abandoning that one, Isaac moves on again and dug another well. And this time there was no dispute over it. And so Isaac named the place Rehoboth, which means an open space. For he said, at last the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in the land. And then Isaac moves on and goes to Beersheba, which Beer also means well. Uh, I was, it was lovely. I got there to Felderbrennan and there was a, a, a Manchester lady kind of walking in ahead of me and it said, follow me to the beer, <laughs> which I think was not meaning the well, but I thought, yeah, we're going to the well. Come on, let's go and get it. Um, he goes to the well and there God appears to him and reconfirms the covenant which he gave to Abraham, which is basically, I'm going to bless you You are going to be so blessed for your own benefit, but also that you may be a blessing to the nations around you. That was where the whole blueprint, the covenant for God's relationship with us, that he wants us to be blessed, he wants us to have everything that we need, everything uh, for our own lives, but also enough to overflow into the lives of everyone around us. That's the, the whole kind of way he has created it. It's in our DNA and that's what we push for in order to uh, align ourselves with it. So, you know, 20 years we've been going and I've probably spoken on wells about once a year over that time, maybe once every couple of years. And, And you know why? Because we believe there are spiritual wells in this area just like there are in Felder Brennan, okay? Uh, there is a history of a Christian community in this area, for a very long time indeed. Uh, there's been a Christian community in Lichit Minster for over a thousand years, okay? It is, it's a documented thing. They've been there, they've been worshipping God, they've been gathering together. And, of course, latterly, in the... Uh, 60s and 70s when the post-green community got together and Jean Darnell came and uh, sojourned with them in the land. Uh, there was some great things that kind of burst forth and particularly healing, uh, particularly, you know, a, a fresh wave of the prophetic came out. Jean Darnell was kind of very keen in the prophetic. Amazing evangelistic move struck out, people would bus in from all over the land and just literally to come because they heard something was coming on and many, many people became saved in that time. There was uh, angelic appearances, there was a wonderful uh, story of the bus that came and as it was coming down one of the little roads um, in order to drop the people off at the post-green camp, the bus driver slammed the anchors on and said, I ain't going any further. And when asked, what's the problem? Uh, and they said, well, can't you see that big bloke with one foot either side of the road standing in front of us? This guy was not a Christian um, at that point. 20 minutes later, he was. Um, but he saw this huge angel across the road, just massive, with literally one leg each side of the road. And he just kind of turned his life over to Jesus at that moment, once people explained to him what was going on. And, you know, so there was an amazing evangelistic uh, move that went on. And then many other things which, with which we align ourselves. They had uh, Christian Life College, the ministry training centre, which had a very much kingdom focus. It wasn't like, it wasn't actually a ministry school because it wasn't training people for ministry 
per se full-time ministry. It was training them to go and do kingdom wherever they were, in their jobs and in the city and, you know, in all of these different places. And they were really kind of forceful about that and said, no, stay where you are. Just do kingdom wherever you are and be released. And it's so much kind of where our hearts are and and what we want to see. We we don't want to see everyone suddenly come out of their jobs and uh, go into full-time ministry. That's not the place where it's happening. It's out in the marketplace where the action is, and that's where we're supposed to be, but we're supposed to take the kingdom with us, not have these dual lives. You know, we're church. This is where we do the church thing. This is where we do the business thing. You know, it's all supposed to join up. Um, So... They had all of that and they had multiple businesses running in and around it in order to finance the work of, of the ministry. The fisher folk came over and there was this wonderful wave of new music that got released kind of right in this area, uh, which now is probably ancient history and all of that. The three chord wonders of the chorus taking us out of the season of hymns and into kind of more modern music. But there was a lot of things that happened in and around post-green community, which we believe is a spiritual well, which does not need digging all over again. It is there. It's been dug by those people who paid the price, who uh, kind of pursued God, who prayed, who, who sought his will, sought his heart. And he has planted us in the area as a, as a following generation. And we are coming like Isaac came into the land and saying... Okay, here we are in the land. We know there are these wells here. Let's unblock them. Let's get them flowing again. Let that flow of life begin to happen. And uh, let's really uh, begin to live in the fullness of that. And that's exactly what Isaac was doing. And of course, when he first came into that whole land of Gerar, however you say that, um, he you know, the first thing that he will have seen is wilderness, is desert, is like nothingness. There was no water there at first. They probably had to go and search for those wells. They had to then labour to unblock them, to take the boulders out, to get them going and get them flowing and get the water up to to water their crops, to water their uh, livestock and to get that flow of life going again. And that's very much the position that we're in. And we, we feel that the Lord has given us all of these promises, all of these uh, covenants, if you like, to say, look, this is, this is you. This is you. This is your inheritance. This belongs to you. Here it is in the land. Go and do it. And so we're in that process of going into the land, identifying the wells, saying, yeah, okay, that well, that belonged to our fathers. We'll have that. That well of healing is ours, okay? It's still pretty stony and still pretty rocky and dry around it, but that well is there and that belongs to us. And I don't care what disputes are going on, we're having that. So let's get that unblocked. And all of those different things, that's the position we're in. That's what we're going to be doing tonight. That's going to be coming and giving thanksgiving to the Lord for delivering those hands, for instructing us about us, giving us the revelation about them, but also the authority to receive them in this land. And all of those things are very fundamental to who the Lord has called us to be in the land. That's kind of part of the things that we need to get hold of. Okay, so we just want to align ourselves with them. So I've 
just had the most wonderful few days, okay? I would never have thought that going to sort out some computer problems from people who really are allergic to computers, Felder Brennan, just do not want to go there at all. They would much rather get the quill out and kind of send, get the pigeon and uh, send it out that way. Bless them. But, you know, I knew as I was going there, there was so much more to this than than kind of trying to get their contacts going and everything. They're touching the lives of tens of thousands of people who are just in constant communication and technology is going to be the way forward for them. But there was much more than that. There was something that I was receiving, something that I was that I was um, just being helped with and counselled with. And so I spent quite a lot of time talking to Roy and I determined in my heart as I went there, I thought, I'm going to ask him, how did he get that well open up in the first place? You know, it's like, because when they went there, the place was on its last legs. Felder Brennan was a little ministry that had been going for a, for a long time. And I don't know, the thing was turning over about uh, 20,000 a year or something, not, not a great deal. Uh, they, it was always making a loss. Nothing was happening there. People would come. There was a great vision for it, but nothing was actually happening. And, um, and Roy w- and Daphne were asked to take it on and, uh, and to kind of seek its direction after the, the main leader got sort of quite ill and had to step down which they prayed about and said, yeah, we think God wants us here. And they, and they just began that process. They began to clarify the vision, redefine it. They began, to, they, they began this lovely process, which really helped me in terms of saying, what is God asking us to do? Where are we going? You know, that, this is what he says. We're, we're going here. This is, this is the place. Okay, so where are we? Like, okay, where are we and what have we got? Okay, so we are in this place. We've got this amount of money. We've got, this is actually what's happening at the moment. God is calling us to go to this place. The bit in between, the gap between one and the other is not our responsibility. Okay, we don't need to worry about that because that's God's responsibility. If he's told us to go here and we are here, if he's told us to have this and we have this, then the bit in the middle is God's responsibility. Okay, so that's me breathing easily at the thing, thinking, yeah, this is God's responsibility. He has told us to go to a certain place and therefore he will do whatever needs to get us to that place. They did say in that whole process, so we are here, that's where we're going. So what is the next step for us? What is the next step that we do in order to align ourselves and to begin to uh, just point ourselves in the right direction to go there. And again, I'm good with that. What we've got in our hands, we've got this much, therefore we can do this. And of course, how lovely to have Martin and Francis with us this morning, our wonderful architect of the new building. Do go and say hello to them afterwards and bless them and pray for them to be. They also come from the London direction. I think you should go and pray for them and give them a word afterwards encourage them but you know we know the direction that we're going we know what God has said he has said that we are to kind of own that land up there we are to establish the training center and the equipping center that is going to be a base in the land for us and we have done the next step we've got Martin to design as a beautiful building 
uh, to kind of design what the land's going to look like. He's kind of contacted all the experts and got all of the information. We've done the things that we can do. That was our next step. And we've aligned ourselves and pointed us in that direction. So, and we are at the point now, very, very excitingly, as Claire will tell you that we've had word back from the planners that they are going to progress to the last stage of the planning application on November the 30th. It's a date for your diary, okay? It goes to committee on November the 30th with a recommendation from the planning officers for approval. No one's objected to anything. It pretty much is going to go through, okay? So November the 30th is when it happens. So that's the next step. We've done everything that we know to do. And now we're in the place, okay, God, this next step's coming up. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to do that? And we need to have our ears open. We can, we can begin to thank him for it because we know he's said it already. He said that's where we're going and he's, he's confirmed it over and over and over again. There's a, like 120% confidence in my heart that we're in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. Okay, It's like there is no element, there's no shadow of doubt in my heart about it because of the trail of things that have happened on that route. So I can then begin to thank him for it and just thank him for the, the finances that we're going to receive, that how that is going to be released. And everything has happened just at the right time. Everything has happened at precisely the right time and we have every confidence that the same thing will happen again. So that's the process, you know. We're here, we need to get to here. That's God's responsibility, that gap. What's the next step? We're doing the next step. We align ourselves with it. And that's exactly what Felder Brennan did. They got their plan. They got their vision. They said, right, we want to employ this, this, and this person. Uh, kind of three full-time people. So, Roy, how are you going to do that with a budget of 20000 per year? And uh, I said, no, the budget's not my problem, says Roy. <laughs> this is what we need to do, okay? This is where we need to go. Okay, and so he kind of gets the agreement of the trustees and saying, yes, okay, we agree that's where we need to go. Therefore, the money will come in and the money came in. They began to structure things. Spontaneously, the money came in. He was, he was telling me how in all the time they've been there, they've probably seen several millions come through Falde Brennan. They have never asked anyone for any money. They've never done an appeal. They've never gone to a trust or a, a fund to try and get money. They've never asked for money. They've never, I think only once, they've actually gone to their, their trusted friends, their friends of Felder Brennan, they call it, people who have signed up to say, we, we covenant with you. And I think once they've done that. But even then, they didn't feel terribly easy about it. So Roy is a great believer that, where God has decreed something, he will provide for it. And it's much easier if he does it than we try and give him a hand because things start going wrong. Okay. Also interesting to me. So, so they align themselves, they structure themselves, they get themselves into the right sort of place. They, get the, they do the things that God is, they feel God is telling them to do. Get everything in place, everything there. And then I said, so what was the next thing? What, what was actually the first time that a miracle happened? You know, how, how did that happen? Were you up fasting all night? Were you praying? Were you having 60-day worship times and, and all of this to pull on God? And he said, no, actually, we went away for the weekend. And God broke out while we were away. <laughs> 
But the story of what happened is absolutely extraordinary uh, because, you know, they went away for the weekend. They needed, it was quite hard work in those early days when nothing was happening. It was like quite drawing. Uh, they were just, it was all about aligning and just making sure everything was right. But, so they went away for a break, uh, just a couple of days. And, and this group of people came in from a church somewhere in, uh, somewhere in the UK, came to spend the weekend there. And um, he said, um, some people were kind of left on duty. And what they would do is like spend a little bit of time with them, say on a Saturday morning, and then leave them to their own devices, you know, a bit like Berners Acre. You go out for a walk, you do stuff in the countryside, and then come back together for prayers in the evening and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but on this particular group, this, this group of, I think, predominantly, no, I don't know if it was just ladies, but it, perhaps, a, perhaps a mixed group. I can't remember the details. The, the key characters were ladies, for sure. Um, they got together, they met on the Saturday morning and they kind of did the prayers and, and then the person said, right, well that's it on the formal programme now, till this evening you're free to go off and do what you want. And they said, oh, we're not going anywhere. They said, what do you mean you're not going anywhere? It's a lovely day, it's like there's all of these things, there's nothing on the programme uh, between now and then. They said, oh no, we're, we're not going anywhere because God's here. The presence of God's here and where he is, we want to stay. And so they just began to kind of hang around. I mean, the, the, other, the person facilitating said, oh, well, fair enough, I'm off. And uh, <laughs> I'll see you again at the, at the next time. And, and they just stayed and they just stayed. Uh, some of them were in the little chapel that they've made there. Some of them were uh, out by the cross, the high cross that's on the, on the ridge there and and all of that, and they just kind of hung out there. But the presence of God was there. And then all of a sudden, something happened which changed the course of Elder Brennan. And this poor lady who had her arm in a sling um, and basically had a condition which she had been born with, and, and she had no bones inside her the right arm. It had no elbow. Her, her hand was all doubled back and everything, all the skin was floppy because there was no no structure to it. And so she kept it all strapped up on uh, in a sling. She started getting the most excruciating pain. And uh, it was a panic. And people thought, oh my goodness, what do we do? We're miles from anywhere. It's like, do we call an ambulance? Do we call the the air ambulance to come in and stuff. She was literally in tears because of the pain in her arm. And, uh, and so they, they managed to track down one of the leaders, got them in and uh, said, oh, well, uh, you know, <laughs> what do we do? They all kind of chatted about it and said, do we take her down there? But then a couple of the sort of, I think the, the group leader who'd brought them down and the leader of, who was there on duty at Felder Brennan, began to discern, okay, maybe, actually maybe this isn't a disaster. Maybe this isn't someone with a, 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 a severe trouble, but actually maybe God's doing something here. Maybe God is actually beginning to do something. They began to discern what was going on, not just reacting to the pain and, and doing what we normally do, which is to kind of perhaps dose up with painkillers or whatever or do the normal route, but began to discern what God was saying. And they said, why don't you unwrap your arm from the, the sort of bandages and the sling and just kind of lay it out on the table and let's have a look and let's just see what God is doing. 
And so this lady agrees, unwraps the arm, lays it out on the table, and for the next two hours, the whole group sat and watched as the bones grew back into this arm. Bit by bit, the elbow appeared, all of the arms strengthened out, the hands strengthened out, the fingers began to get movement. And after two hours, she lifted up and it was exactly the same as the other one. It was just a complete breakthrough. The, these bones were not there and now were there. Okay. Now, are we saying, is that 10% better? Is that 20% better? On the pain scale, where are you? No. The bones were not there and now they are there and she could pick things up and she could do things and she was celebrating. The rest of the team were really cross. They were really angry and they said, why is it happened for her? Do they not know that this woman is not a very nice woman? Why has God done it for her and not for us? And suddenly there was this little, like discussion that got really... I mean, it's difficult to believe, isn't it? But this little discussion starts going around the table about what it's all, what it's all about. And, uh, and then revelation began to come to them as a group that actually maybe it's not to do with what we're doing, but actually maybe it's to do with the grace of God that is getting poured out upon us and for the full details of this story you can read The Grace Outpouring by Roy Godwin Uh, books are in the bookstore Um, but as they got that revelation and they went round every single one of them received a very dramatic healing in their body every single about 20 of them and that was the first kind of bit of healing that began to happen in that place and it happened when Roy and Daphne went away for the weekend (laughs) You know, were they involved in the process? Of course they were. They, they had kind of set the atmosphere, they'd set the direction, they'd given some vision and all of that, but then they got out the way and just allowed the thing to happen. And it wasn't anything to do with what he'd done. It wasn't anything to do with the way that they prayed, to, the, to how they kind of stirred themselves up, to how... They had, um, you know, laboured in prayer, how they'd gone for nights with intercession. It was purely sovereign. It was purely the grace of God that poured out on the least qualified person, on the person that least deserved it. And it was just a, a very dramatic demonstration of the grace of God. So that's the first thing we need to note is nothing to do with what we're doing, okay? We like to think we're in control, but we are not at all, all right? We are just aligning ourselves. We are just saying, yes, Father, we want to go in the direction that you want to go. We want to join in with whatever you're doing, but we recognize right now, and as Brian was saying before, the beauty of surrender, the beauty of laying it down, And saying, in all my cleverness, in all my experience, in all my knowledge, there is nothing I can actually offer. It is only you, Lord. It is only your power. And that's what we want to connect with. That's what we want to partner with. That's where we want to go. So, and to be honest, that is a well that is well and truly opened in that place. 
you, if you go, I, I, it's amazing. Roy refuses to put these stories on the website. He says, I don't want a lot of people coming here. <laughs> they will get overrun, you know, if we put all of these things up. I was looking for some of the stories this morning. There is nothing, nothing on there. He does not want to advertise it because he says they are full up all the time. People just getting stirred to go along and to just align themselves, to get in the presence, to just understand what it feels like to be uh, under a, an open heaven in, a, in what you might call a thin place where heaven comes a little bit closer to earth. Yet, just that feeling. People come. The right people come. It, take, it took me five and a quarter hours to drive back on Friday. It is a long way over there. And it is painful. It is painful. So you've got to pay the price to even get over there. I'm not recommending everyone goes here because it's going to happen here. Okay, This is where the action is. But, but it is... There has been something unblocked there. It has happened. And, you know, just the stories, there are so many incredibly dramatic stories. There was one, um, I mean, just ones. They, they seem to have a huge success with skin complaints and, uh, um, you know, things. That, and they had this one guy come, this vicar, who had a rare form of skin cancer. And it had really kind of deformed a lot of his face. And um, it was just all over his whole body. It was completely covering. And he heard about Fowler Brennan and thought, I'll go along. You know, I'm, I'm, on, I'm in my last days. <laughs> anyway, he was a retired vicar. So I think he was fairly old. But he came along and just spent time there. And he sat there and thought, I'm not getting this. I'm really doing, I'm not connecting with this. This is, I don't, I don't think anything is happening at all. And he stayed there for the whole weekend in his little um, cell. That's the best way to describe the accommodation at Felderbrennan. And he just stayed there. He went along to morning prayers, to noon prayers, to evening prayers and nighttime prayers and all of the different rhythm of prayer that they've got going there and which all really short and just like you know like 20 minutes each one and you think come on there's got to be more than this no one's going to give us a good preach or something and tell us what to do it's not it's all about aligning it's all about resting in his presence and it's all about just acknowledging for once that you are not god he is just let him be God. Let him do what he does, you know, and just breathe deeply. So he went through this and thought, nothing's happened. Um, Sunday night, he got in his car to go home and thought, well, that was interesting. I mean, it was okay. I've had a nice time. Got up the next morning to um, get ready to do the things that he had to do. Went to wash in the, in the sink. Put his water on and washed his face and then thought, ugh. What is all this stuff on my hands? It's like this this yuck, yuck stuff on my hands. What is it? And he kind of began to rinse it off. And he looked up in the mirror and the whole of his face had gone completely clear. It was like brand new skin. It was like a, like a child's skin almost. And he was an older guy. And, but every bit of this stuff had washed off. And, and had gone, and he came back to Felderbrand to give the story, and told and told them what happening. And and that guy, that vicar, that retired vicar in that rural village, 
became the talking point of the entire village. He said people would come and just knock on the door and he would open the door and say, can I help you? And they would just stand there and look. (laughs) Did you want anything? No. (laughs) They just wanted to come and look at this guy who had had this disfigurement and suddenly it was not there anymore. Seriously, there are so many of these stories, so many of them. It is like, it is unbelievable. Their well is well and truly opened. It is open and it is, it is there and ready and it is like something that is beginning to flow. This is where we're at. This is where we're at. There was another great story. I just, just, just one more. I've got a few there, but I, I'm conscious it's like quarter past. But there was this lovely story about this younger couple that came and the, and the woman had been blind like for most of her life. And um, they had come along as a couple. He had to kind of lead her everywhere. And she was completely blind. We're not talking partially sighted here. Completely blind, dark. And so she came in and... And again, they began, they didn't pray specifically for her, I think. She was just in there. She was just in the thing. And all of a sudden, she started getting this pain and her hands went down and she said, ah, my eyes are, my eyes are hurting. And this is, it's quite slightly strange to get your head around it, that pain can be involved in the healing process. But I think sometimes where there's a regenerative thing coming on, Maybe there's a little bit of growing pains that go on, you know. So, but anyway, her hands are down and she says, oh, my eyes are hurting. And they said, what's happened? Have you got something in there or something? And she says, no, no. And then she, she looks up, looks over at her husband and said, why are you wearing that horrible shirt? <laughs> <laughs> and the place kind of erupts because she can see. She can see and she saw her husband for the first time, and she thought, I married you. <laughs> that could be a bit of a shock, couldn't it, actually, if you, you know, all the time you've been imagining things a certain way. But, oh my goodness, like, we're just like, is this 10% better? Is this, you know, 15%? No, no, it's all percent better. And it is just these kind of restorative, regenerative miracles that are turning lives around completely and utterly. And that is the well that God wants to open up in this place. I was talking to Roy and he said, when, when he's come down here before, he says, I can feel the water beneath my feet. I can feel it there. It's like, you know, it, it's there and it's like, it's bubbling and it's like all amongst the gravel. But it kind of feels like there, were, there was just kind of something that needed to release it, perhaps some boulders that needed to be moved out of the way. And part of the thing that we began to do was to just begin to pray and discern, okay, what are those boulders? What are the things that need removing out? And I felt like the Lord said to us that one of, one of the things uh, for actually the, a lot of the church in the UK is the thought that we can do it. The thought that we have got the ability to do it, that we've got the skills, that we've got, that we've got the capability to do it. And I think that boulder, in order to remove that, surrender is the key. Surrender is the complete key. Just accept. We cannot do it. We haven't got the resources. We haven't got the skills. We haven't... Okay, God's blessed us in a, in a lot of different ways. 
but it has got to be him. It can only be him that makes bones grow. I don't care how clever your counselling techniques are or your (laughs) prayer ministry and all of that. At the end of the day, it's him that makes bones grow and stuff. And it's his power that gets released. And we have just got to fix our eyes completely on him, the author and finisher of our faith. He's, he is the one that we look to. And uh, when we want to see heaven manifested on earth, when we want to see that well begin to spring up, he is the only one. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, we, we've had a good 20 years together. We've had a lot of fun. We've had a lot of, God's done a lot of good stuff amongst us. But at the end of the day, it is still him. It is still him. We have not qualified ourselves anymore to be where we are at the moment. It is only him. And it is only by the grace of God that he is going to do what he does. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how bad you are. It doesn't matter how disciplined you are or how indisciplined you are. It is only him. It's only him that's going to do it. And our eyes need to be fixed completely on him. We need to stay in that tension that Bryony was talking about between being hungry and thirsty and pulling on heaven to being chilled and relaxed and knowing that it is only him that does it. Being hungry is enough. Having the vision is enough. Okay? We just need to align ourselves. We need to stay in the right place, the right time, keep our hearts right and just allow him to be God. So, good. Let's stand. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you are so kind. You are so amazingly kind. You are so generous. Your grace is sufficient for everything that we are going through, Lord. And, but thank you also that you speak to us, you lead us, you guide us, you, you um, just bring us to the point we need to be at. And we just uh, collectively, we just agree together, Lord, that you are God and we are not. And we surrender everything. We just lay everything down again and say, Lord... Let that well spring up amongst us. Let it spring up. We, we thank you for the promises. We thank you for the clues that you've given us, the, the direction, the, the treasure map that you've dropped into our hearts that says this is where we're going. And we just say, Lord, we want to go there. We want to go there. Just open up the doors before us, Lord. We, our eyes are on you and on no one else, on nothing else, no other system, no other plan, no other... Uh, scheme in any way but our eyes are just firmly on you Lord will you stir our hearts Lord as we gather together tonight to just celebrate your your promises that you have given to us that you're, you're going to release these things amongst us Lord will you stir our hearts let that hope uh, that we have that we've held on to holding on to the confession of our hope Let that hope begin to turn into faith, the assurance of things hoped for. Lord, I know you're going to do it. I know the time is pretty much now. And so we just come and say, Lord, do it. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. Come and be manifest amongst us, Lord, for the sake of your name, for the sake of the lost, for the sake of the least, as Felder Brennan say. Lord, just come and manifest your glory amongst us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. Yeah, go on then. Yeah, if you've got something, you need healing. Well, look, if I'm totally wrong, who cares? Um, um, I don't need this. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't. If you've got a problem with your right hand, 